Hello and welcome to Reliance's podcast. We hope that the message encourages your heart today. If you'd like to join us in person, we meet weekly on Sunday mornings at 8, 9.30, or 11 o'clock a.m. And if you want to find out more about Reliance, come check us out online. Father, we thank you so much for Bree. I thank you that your heart has been placed in her heart, and she is roaring with a word from your heart today. And I believe that every life, not just women, every life in this room, men, women, and children, are going to be blessed by this word that was from the Holy Spirit that you deposited into her, real, raw, for every single heart in this house today. So God, we honor the one who's bringing it, but more than anything, we honor the spirit that's in her Holy Spirit that's going to come out. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, amen. amen. Welcome her one more time, would you? Amen. I felt a momentum when my brother-in-law was praying. I honor him as our shepherd. Uh, he is leading us well. Amen. Lover of Jesus, I'm thankful to be a Wallace today. Almost 20 years. Hey. It's my boy right there. That's my man and that's my baby, my oldest baby, Keenan Isaiah, my other son over there hiding, Micah. Oh, and my nephew, Trace, handsome son. Anyway, okay, guys, wow, women, happy Mother's Day. Not everybody gets the privilege and the honor to be a mother, and uh, it's my joy. It's my honor. I have six children. We have three boys biologically and three girls that are our bonus babies. This weekend is our youngest two. Um, it's been four years. This is their gotcha weekend. So we got them four years ago. Amen? Yes. And because the Lord loves us, because kids are a gift and inheritance, we have another one. She's um, our seventh baby. <laughs> But uh, she's actually the girl's, our youngest two's little sister, and so we get to have her occasionally. She's still with mom, but it's, it's our joy, and we've had a great time with her. Um, she calls me Nana. So I'm not just mama anymore, I'm Nana. So she, Nana, Nana, I was like, oh my gosh. So uh, yeah, it's just been a really good time, and the Lord's been so good to us. And um, just a little sliver of my heart. I just can't, when I see these little kids, I see um, kids with no mom, I, I look into their eyes and they're looking at me and their eyes have a question and they're always wondering who is gonna be my mother. You ever read that book where where's my mother or whatever, the little, <laughs> are you my mother, you know? And in my heart, I'll never say no. I'll never say no. I don't care how hard it is. God's going to give me enough. I'm never going to say no. So, I have seven kids. Right now, we're going to go to the end, babe. Love you. Sheesh. Okay, so this morning the Lord put on my heart as I was preparing for this, um, the heart. I want to talk to you about the heart because that's what moms do. We talk about the deep things. And um, I'm going to give you the mother's perspective this morning, so bear with me, guys, and there should be some grace being had today. But it's truly a word for everyone in the room, I believe. 
as I prepared for this, I kept coming back to, like, what is the thing, Lord, that you would have me share? Because when Aaron asked me, me and Ryan were on a plane coming back. We just went on a missions trip, and uh, we were in the airport, and, you know, like, travel internationally for, like, an entire day, you know. So um, Aaron texted me, and I was like, no, no. <laughs> I don't want to share on a Mother's Day. What would I even say? I'm right in the middle of it. Like, who has something to say when they're experiencing everything? You know? Seriously. Mom? My mom has eight kids, you guys. She has experienced it all. So, anyway, I, the one thing I came up with in my heart and, and what I felt like the Lord wanted me to talk about is something that's in constant progress and constant transformation, and that's our heart. We're always working on it. The Bible talks about it a lot, actually, so that's kind of cool. 845 times to be exact. Before I dive in here, let's talk about it. So you and me, every human on the planet, is comprised of three parts, biblically speaking. The spirit, so when we ask Jesus into our heart, we have our spirit, and this is where Jesus, the Holy Spirit, he comes and he begins to dwell here. Our soul, this is your heart, mind, your emotions, your personality, the things that make you, Kenan, Isaiah, distinctly you. The body is our flesh and our bones, the outer shell. So this morning when I'm referring to your heart, I'm referring to your desires, your emotions, and your will. Proverbs 23, 7 says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Your heart dwells, it thinks, it considers upon things and chases things chasing after stuff. Hebrews 4.12 says, for the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow, and it judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. Your heart has desires and thoughts. Daniel 1.8 says, Daniel proposed and resolved in his heart. Your heart gives way to your will. Anybody? I purposed and I've resolved in my heart, so I. When we put all of these things together, along with other scriptures on the word, we see the human heart refers to the innermost being. This is the place where we have this internal dialogue with ourselves and everything involving us and everyone around us. It's an internal reel, if you will, that is consistently going, constantly going. Let's be real. This is where we, like, get kind of cray-cray. Anybody? You guys are so quiet. The last service, like, guess me. I'm crazy sometimes. Uh, right? Okay. It's this, like, spin cycle that can twist us around and around and around and around in our minds, right? In our heart, our mind, will, emotions, everything. It's just going. This is why the enemy goes so hard after the heart. He knows how the heart, if infected and afflicted by sin, can poison the wellspring of life. The Bible says your heart is a wellspring of life. The enemy wants to poison everything coming in and going out. It's true. This is actually what happened with Adam and Eve in the garden. Unfortunately, they let poison come into the well, and this is how it happened. Simply. It simply happened. Satan says, did God really say? And Eve, being who she is, she's like, I I don't know. Is he really that good? Has anybody ever done that? It was that simple. It was this one thought of doubt that just dropped down into the heart of Eve. 
and it went You know that mountain from a molehill phrase? I don't know about you, but I can turn an entire novel in my mind about one thought. Keenan. He's like, Mom, I'm going to talk to Dad because you have a lot to say. I'm like, what's the speed we're taking here? Your speed or my speed? You don't have to decide. Sometimes I go back. Sometimes he goes forward. That's how it goes. It's true. As a result, sin enters the world, and it entered the human heart in that moment. We have a sin nature and a poisoned heart. Here's just a few texts for the defiled heart, guys. Genesis 6-5. I'm not going to read these out loud. You can, oh, hey. Jeremiah 17-9, Matthew 15-19. The defiled heart is a blind heart, unable to perceive the good things God is doing and the plans he has for us. It is filled with sin from things like shame, anxiety, and fear. These things actually can cause us to sin. Oh, I'm just fearful. No, no, honey. It's more than that. I know many of you are probably thinking, whoa, this is a heavy message. And it is, guys. I will not waste your time. I'm not about that. We have a lot of well-intended, life-focused things that are not about the kingdom of God, and I will not waste your time today. We're going to talk about stuff that's only going to propel us to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. We have stuff to do, okay? The Lord's doing stuff. He has things for you. He has plans for you, and I'm not going to waste your time, so let's go. The reason I picked this message is because in the last eight months, I've actually experienced the affliction of the heart, and it has been very difficult. Um, before, probably eight months ago, I, I had a pretty healthy rhythm. I was getting up early. I was giving the Lord my best hour. Do you know, has anybody ever gotten to the best hour of the day? What a precious thing to find that best hour and to get with the Lord and like have this like consistent flow, this rhythm, if you will. So I was doing that, and then, of course, Brie Wallace loves a good challenge. And I see something fun and exciting, and I go get it. Why? Because I love a good challenge in life. It's just who I am. I'm not going to waste time, right? I would literally show up and spend time with the Lord, though, and I would not be able to stop thinking about the responsibilities of the challenge that I took upon myself. It was intense. Like, I could not stop thinking about all of the things I needed to do that day, what didn't get done yesterday, what I miss, what I'm not missing, what do people see, what do I even care if people see, you know, the whole thing. It's just like this cyclical cycle that is going around and around and around and around. I never experienced that kind of anxiety before and fear and worry, and I know that it has no blessing, guys. Don't you know it has no blessing? It just keeps you going down into the abyss. Slowly, I remembered how to get myself back out of this mental trouble because I know what the Lord has said. That's the only thing I could hold on to is like, okay, what, what does the Lord say about fear? Well, fear's a liar. Like, and so I was just remembering just a couple of things. I was just trying to grab for what I knew about what the Word said in this moment of like, oh, my gosh, my mind is lying to me. 
and I'm believing all these lines, and I'm stressed out, and I'm, who's running at 120% capacity in life right now? Hey. It is not kind, right? It will beat you down. It will mock you. How many of you guys have been mocked? Okay. That is not obedience to the Lord. I can freely say that now, but in the moment, wow. God gives us a way out, though. Here we go. So hope is yet. Because Jesus, thank you, Jesus, for the cross. Thank you for your blood, for your mercies that are new every morning. Greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. Jesus has you. He's got you. Let not your heart be troubled. John 14, 1. So I told you about me personally, so let's keep ourselves going here. Are we okay? Okay. So how do we keep our hearts pure before the Lord and not allow poison to affect the well of our heart? One, we realize that Jesus has made a way through the cross and his blood. This is why when we come to know him, we're called a new creation. We have a new heart. Our relationship with the Lord is so personal. At the same time, we get to work it out in community like this. It's a, pre- it's a precious gift. But ultimately, our responsibility is to protect what the Lord's asking for. It's personal, and it's our heart. It's the one thing the principalities of darkness want and truly are waging war over. The spiritual warfare you experience in life is always and forever will be over your heart. You can bet on that. Satan wants your heart, and he wants you bad. Your emotions, your desires, your affections, your thoughts. Everyone good? So what do we do? Proverbs 4.23 says, Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you and I do flows from it. Others' translation says that it determines the course of our life. Oh, man. And from it flows the springs of life. The key challenge of this verse is what? Guard your heart. This is a personal responsibility, of course, empowered by the Spirit. We must accept as believers, we must guard our heart. As we know, we're all different, and our needs personally might vary. Like, my needs are different than your needs, Judy, of course. You know, we get that. But how I, um, how I guard my heart is when I fall into temptation, temptation, I have to make choices that propel me toward the Lord when I find myself being tempted. I have to make choices that propel me towards the Lord when I find myself being tempted. The truth is that we're going to continue to be tempted. That's never going to go away. Right? Because the war is over our, yes. The word says Jesus was tempted continuously. The word also gives us a way out as believers. See, temptation is never going to change. But the desires in your heart will. And as we dwell in the word of the Lord and we take up authority over those things that are coming in and trying to blast their way, The word of God stands firm. Choose the righteousness of the Lord. And the more your desires to be live holy will continue.
Ezekiel 36, 26 says, For I will remove your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh and put a new spirit in you. Thank you, Jesus. Can we just say thank you to the Lord? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Bless your name. The Lord promised that he will remove our heart of stone and give us a heart of flesh and put a new spirit in us. Flesh meaning malleable, open, transparent, ready to give, ready to receive. That's his promise. And he's faithful to it. The problem is Satan is saying, I love it. I I hate that heart that's lovely. I hate that heart that serves. I hate that heart that gives. I hate your heart for adoption. You don't have enough. And you know what the Lord said to me one day? I was struggling with it and just really in a deep, dark place. And the Lord says, who are you to say how much love I'm going to put in your heart? Who are you? I am undone. You see, there's war over the heart. And the Lord is pouring more and more and more. And he's putting his new spirit in us. And we are becoming more like Jesus, reflecting the nature of Christ. So I ask you today, who sits on the throne of your heart? Who are you obeying? Are you obeying the lustful desires of your heart when you're tired and you're weary and you're working at 120? Are you letting the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords be the deciding factor of what you do in your heart and how you run your day? We allow Satan in, and he cannot enter unless we allow him. He cannot enter the heart of man unless we allow him in. It's that little seed of doubt that Eve let in that just took off. We allow him to give into, we give into our fear, our worry, our doubt, our apathy, laziness, and so on. We actually allow crippling fear to run our lives because fear is not just a feeling. Fear is a belief that we end up partnering with and it's its own kind of religion. And if you haven't noticed that there is a religion of fear since COVID, I don't know what you've been doing. We have congregations of it on the internet. It's right there. And Satan loves it, guys. Knock that stuff up. I was just thinking this yesterday. I'm like, babe, I just can't do this. Like, my mind is going like this. And Ryan's like, just do it like this. And I'm like, I can't. And he's like, that's a lie. <laughs> I'm like, okay. Yeah, we gotta we gotta have somebody in our life that tells us to tell the lie to shut up. You know? I'm thankful that I have somebody in my life that can just be like, what are you doing? You need to go gangster on that. Sorry, I do kinda ghetto, it's okay. Okay. The Lord again promises to give us oh, 12, 12, a heart of flesh. Yeah, the, t the teachable heart needs to be the greatest student. The Spirit will teach you. Thank you, Lord, the Word says. The Spirit of God is our blessed reminder. Thank you. The Spirit will expose religion, that system, and the structures of fear in our lives. And at the same time, He will empower you to take authority over that fear. In the name of Jesus. 
This is where we fight using the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God in Fission 6. Amen. This is my favorite part of my message. I'm a worshiper, and I love to dwell. I love to read the Word and sing the Word. Just, I don't really care about a lot of this stuff. <clears throat> but I love to read the Word and just, like, what is the Lord? You know, just, I love to sit in that. I love to marinate in that. David was one of those kinds of people. He's the father of worship. Psalm 119 is 176 verses of how to dwell in the word of the Lord. David had a rhythm. A rhythm the Lord loved and he delighted in. In fact, the very first chapter of Psalm says, Blessed is the one whose delight is in the law of the Lord, who meditates on his word day and night. When we learn biblical rhythms, we become dwellers of the word. I believe the reason we don't have healthy mindsets is because our rhythm is off. Amen. That's me. That was me, you know, through these last few months. And we, or we've never even had one, you know. I think it's great that we have Bible studies, men's groups, uh, mentorships, counseling, uh, life church, house church, house churches, all of those we need and have, we need a good measure of those things. They're helpful. But I know also that if I'm not spending personal time with the Lord, then we are missing it and he is a personal God who has very personal things to say to you and I. And how can we do that when we have no margin for it? I've never been able to hear my Jesus and my Lord speak to me on a Sunday morning like he does at 5 o'clock, 6 o'clock in the morning when I'm laying in my bed and I can't go to sleep. I'm just like, what are we doing here? And he's like, what are you doing there? You know, it's real. Again, he's not wasting my time and I'm not wasting yours. Amen. This is what really set King David apart from so many others in the Bible. He's the only one of the Bible referred to as the man after God's own heart. Wow, that's cool. Man, I want that to be Jesus, how he sees me. I've never been one with, like, a ton of dreams in my life. I don't know why. Like, I wanted to marry Ryan. I did. Um, but, you know, people are always like, oh, my gosh, you're living the dream. And I'm like, am I? I didn't ask for this, actually. I didn't dream this up and then, like, strive for it. Literally, the only thing that's been in my heart is, well done, good and faithful servant. Something dropped in me as a kid, and, like, that's literally the only thing that's important. I don't, I don't know. I mean, do a lot of things, but they're not my dreams. This other one, to be a daughter after God's own heart. Wouldn't you love to hear him say that to you? What? Yes! What else do you want me to do? <laughs> oh, gosh. I, I personally believe, I, I wrote this, this down, and it's kind of a little bit of a conundrum to speak out loud, but it's very important, so listen here. This is a, a, a whole paragraph. Personally, I believe the Lord loved to see David process who God was in him in every emotion and situation he had in life. David was incredible at taking what we now call emotionalism, and applying his belief in God to every single thing he felt in his heart. That fascinates me. The fact that you could take every single emotion and give it to the Lord. And he's like, yeah, I'm big enough for that. All right, let's. 
partly because I feel like sometimes I'm wrong. You know, I was raised in the church, and you get some of this religious stuff in you a little bit, like behavior management. I was a good girl for a long time, and then I got like, Holy Spirit moved, and then I was like, Aaron said, roaring. You get real feisty when you get that way. So thank you, Jesus, that he breaks off the spirit of religion on our lives, and we get to come to him at every single step of the way, and he is faithful. He is faithful when we come to him with our stuff, guys. The Lord has an invitation. Bring every emotion, bring every desire, thought to me, he says. Let's talk about it. Let's process it. Every emotion, every desire, everything that David was processing, he understood the Lord's invitation to bring it to him and to talk about it. The beauty of the Psalms is that it shows this vast array of the human emotions, the ups and downs, the thoughts of the human heart, and the Lord's still saying, I'm big enough and yet personal enough to handle it all, and you can quite literally bring all of it to me. That's a parent. That's a parent. I think it's fascinating some of the things that we operate in as parents that are ornately there that we didn't ask for, but the Lord just put there. And then you see the character of God in yourself because it's not that you're pure and you're holy, but you're created in his image. My kids could do anything, and I don't, I don't like what they do, but I don't care <laughs> that they did something wrong. I love them. I'm proud. I care about their heart. I want them to know Jesus. That's it. That's it. Those are things that are ornately in you. You see in people who don't even believe in Jesus. They're like, how do they parent that way? They don't know God. Well, it's Jesus and then they just don't know. They're not just good people. God made them. They have the image of Christ in them, but they don't have it activated. It's really okay to see someone with a gifting. I mean, look at some of these famous singers out here. This is a side thing. They have gifting, and it's like, oh, my gosh, God gave you that, and you're singing as a slave. Do you know what I'm saying? It's ornately in them. It's God-given, but it's for a different God. Ah, bring it back. The beauty of personal time with the Lord, dwelling in his word, Bring your stuff, you're good, you're bad, you're ugly. And the Lord will deposit himself into you. Open the Bible. Turn on the Dwell app. Man, we are Americans. I can't tell you this enough. The heart cry in the world is the same. It is the exact same. Do you know what people ask to pray for? They don't even speak the same English as me. I know exactly what to pray for. It's the same thing. My husband left me. My kids are astray. I have a broken heart. I need, my, I need answers for my health. It's the same thing, guys. It's, it's the same thing. We're all crying out for the Lord. 
And we have to dwell in his words that we have the answers for the world that's crying out for a God they don't know. Israel. Hebrews 4.12 says, it's so powerful, for the word of the Lord is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joint and marrow. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. You and I need dividing sword in our life. When things get really messy up here, the highlight reel is just going the cray-cray. The word is going to cut the ve- and reveal the truth. When we sense our heart getting poisoned, we need the word to expose the lies. We have to go there and be vulnerable and let the Lord expose lies in us. Doubt's a lie. Fear's a lie. Anxiety is a lie. I'm not good enough's a lie. Nobody thought I was good enough's a lie. Ultimately, we want to bring a holy heart before the Lord. Why? Because of religious things, like I was talking about earlier, the behavior management. No, 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 no. We know it honors him because a holy heart allows us to be vulnerable, open, laid bare before the Lord. A holy heart allows us to see God for who he really is. A holy heart is the key to giving access into the heart of God. Matthew 5 eight says, blessed are the pure in heart for they will see God. This is what we should desire, a holy heart. Because first of all, it honors Jesus. Second of all, we get to see God rightly. We get to see ourselves rightly. And we get to see others rightly, our situations and so on. David prayed in Psalm 51.10, create in me a clean heart, O God filled with clean thoughts and right desires and renew a right spirit within me, he says. Every answer to every issue in life is flowing in and out of our heart. And the word is what's going to heal. The Holy Spirit is going to heal us. He's going to come and he has made a way He withholds nothing from his beloved. You and I are his beloved. We are the bride of Christ Jesus, and he has made a way for us. A bride, as a bride, we have the great responsibility of receiving his love. Man, I can tell you right now, it's difficult. It's difficult. I had someone last week, we were on our trip and we were doing some ministry time and man one of our spiritual father he's actually a psychologist he, he counsels he does everything he knows everything I feel like about the mind he looks right at each of us around the room and he says the Lord is proud of you and I said don't do it don't you dare do it and he came up to me later and he said I want to talk to you about your response because sometimes it's really hard to receive the Father's love. Especially when we've made choices that don't please his heart. And I'm so thankful that he cares. And I'm not trying to get all whoopy and cryy here, but it's Mother's Day, okay, come on. 
cares. And I'm so glad he does. Yeah. Because he saved me and he's going to save you too. When we have the rhythm of heaven in our heart, we're able to call out biblical truths for every thought we have. And I have to tell you this because it's important, because if you don't know what the word says about stuff, then you're really going to have a hard time taking every thought captive. Because you can't just take every thought captive. You actually have to tell that thought to obey Christ. And that's your and my responsibility. We don't, we don't just get to wait around and abuse grace and do all that. It's not about that. We got stuff to do. And quite honestly, I'm not going to sit around with you and do that. I don't have time. Satan is serious. And so is God. And so is the Lord. He's serious about you. So serious that he laid down his son's life on the cross for you. And it's enough. It's always going to be more than enough. Paul says in the Corinthians, I'm concerned that the craftiness of the devil will deceive you from the simplicity of the devotion to Christ. I'm not going to be deceived from the simplicity of my devotion to Jesus. It's simple. Brothers and sisters, I come to you as a sister of faith. It's simple. He loves you. He is proud of you. He has called you by name. You are not just a son and you are not just a daughter. Do you know your name is written in the Lamb's book of life forever? Forever. It doesn't even matter where you came from. So how do we have holy hearts when we're living in this world that's constantly, by staying in the word, believing what it says, and walking in faith? We have to partner our faith with what the word of the Lord says. I believe it. I believe it. Aaron, kind of unlocked our heart this morning, invited us in the beginning. In this moment, I know we're behind, guys. Thank you. In this moment, I want you to take 60 seconds with the Lord because earlier I said that your relationship with the Lord is personal. No one knows what to say to you more than the Lord does, and it's very, very personal. It's not for me to hear. It's not for your neighbor to hear right this minute. It's for you to hear. I don't know if you need to repent. We have a minute or two. Repentance should be rapid. We don't have to go. The Lord will wait on us all day long if we need to repent all day long. But like he's like, just say you're sorry. Parents, do we say that? It's manipulation. Just say you're sorry. Say it. 
Like Levi, say, say you're sorry. <laughs> it takes a moment. So take this 60 seconds with the Lord. I don't know what he wants to do in you, but I've been praying for you that the Lord would speak to your heart, not just me speaking, but the Lord would, because each of you, you need a touch from heaven. And I, as a sister in Christ, owe it to you to encounter the King of Kings and Lord of Lords this morning. Amen? Let's take this 60 seconds, and you, you just spend this moment. We opened our heart to the Lord earlier in worship. Now invite the Lord in to do a good work in you. Father, we thank you for this day. Thank you for your heart of love and mercy. I thank you, Father, this morning that you withhold nothing from the one who asks. And we seek you, Lord. May we always find you. I thank you, Father, that the boundary lines that you set for us fall in pleasant places and that you keep us safe. Thank you that your word is what makes us steadfast and secure in you, Father. May righteousness and justice may have flow from your throne and may God it touch the hearts of the one bowing down before you low. King of kings and Lord of lords, we thank you, Father, for what you did on the cross. I thank you, Father, that you're interceding on our behalf even now, and that the cross was enough, and that it's still working. I thank you for your word, this gift of life that we can turn to in times of trouble and find the answer to every problem. Father, I thank you for this house of intercessors that you are raising up. I pray that this morning you will rain down blessing and favor upon each and every person in this house. For you have anointed them and called them to do the work of your kingdom. May they confidently walk in that and know that you have paid the ultimate price, that you are sovereign, and that we are your beloved. We thank you, Abba. We thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Thank you so much for tuning in for today's word. We hope that it continues to encourage you and bless you as you go about your day-to-day. And until then, we will see you next Sunday. Have a great week.